Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk screaming deals. And by screaming deals, I do mean the Handlebar, which, if you don't know, is a craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico, California. They're located on the south end of town at 2070 East 20th Street. And they have an incredible happy hour seven days a week, where from 2 to 6 p.m., you get a dollar off each and every one of their 28 draft beers. It's really a great deal. Again, that's the Handlebar, 2070 East 20th Street. Go check out that happy hour. And here's the show. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, special Halloween edition 2023. Uh, my name is Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. What is up, you ghouls and goblins? This is a show about the worlds of craft beer and film and the way they do and don't intersect. Uh, we got some spooky-themed film stuff this week, not so much in the beer department. And and truthfully, this episode is dropping after Halloween anyways, but we are recording it on Halloween, so gosh darn it, we're playing that yeah. <laughs> spooky theme song. You gotta do it once a year, man. Um, let's see. Uh, this week, um, our review of Five Nights at Freddy's. It's a supernatural horror movie based on the 2014 video game of the same name. The film stars Josh Hutcherson as Mike Schmidt, a newly hired security guard tasked with watching over the animatronic creatures overnight at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. Kind of think possessed Chuck E. Cheese performers. But before we get into our thoughts on that, Johnny, what are we drinking this week? We are drinking two beers from Knotted Root Brewing Company out of Nederland, Colorado. We're doing We Love the Architecture. It's a 5.2% unfiltered Czech-style Pilsner. Second beer on the show is called Perpetual Embrace. It's an Imperial New England IPA that's 8.2%. Yeah, if you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a terrific Saturday afternoon. On the radio version of our show today, uh, you'll be hearing almost the whole episode, which will eventually include spoilers for Five Nights at Freddy's. That said, those spoilers won't be until about 4.30. So if you haven't seen the film yet and you don't want it spoiled, you could go see the movie and then come back and listen to the podcast version of our show, which in addition to our beer reviews and our thoughts on the film includes the always spicy and spooky and unpredictable hot and bothered segment, which is how Johnny and I catch up uh, with each other on the show at the end of each episode. We kind of fill each other in on maybe shows we've been streaming or, you know, books we've been reading or albums we've been listening to or anything in between. It's anybody's guess, really. Yeah, that's right. To find all that, you're going to go search Fresh Hop Cinema on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all those major podcast platforms. We have released new episodes every Friday since 2016, which means it's available to all of you listening on KZFR right now. If you like the show, go leave us five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and please let us know you did. Text us to brag about that five-star glowing review or with feedback about the show, movie recommendations, whatever the heck you want at 530-433-0839. Again, the number for the show is 530-433-0839. To hang out with us on social media, search Fresh Hop Cinema on Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, or Untapped, or just head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com. Or our other website, Patreon. 
Facebook.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema. It's how you can support our show. You can give us a dollar. You can give us uh, $3, 5 10 per episode, whatever suits your fancy and your budget. And in return, we give you access to bonus content, uh, super secret episodes that we record on a on a semi-regular basis, invites to our monthly bar hangs, and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I don't want to get too long-winded here at the top of the show, but if you are curious at all, for a few bucks a month, you can um, help us out. Go to patreon.com slash freshhopcinema to learn more. I don't think I have anything specific except for saying, <laughs> which isn't super helpful, but to our patrons that listen to our bonus episode, somebody corrected me and said that I actually have a personal obligation on the on the 27th, which is what we announced for our bar hang. <laughs> and I'd forgotten about my own obligation. So so the November bar hang is not the 27th, and we haven't quite figured out a date yet. Did somebody listen to you and realize you double booked? Yes. Love that. Yeah, it was our uh, it was our intern, Rob. Ah, he called me out on it. So thank you, Rob. Way um, to keep the calendar straight. Yeah, so we're going to get that ironed down. So maybe you're like, oh, I'm not going to sign up for Patreon because I would have missed the November bar hang. Maybe not. Maybe it's not too late, so still sign up if you want. Exactly. I think that's all the Patreon housekeeping. Johnny, would you read me a couple paragraphs from the Knotted Root website as we get into beers? That's so much. I can, we can alternate. All right, one, no, take one, I'll take one. No, you no, can do it. I am going to read this. You absorb that beer into your body. Sure. I want it. a full essay review of what you think of it by the time I'm done with Deal. this. All right. The novel from Knotted Root Brewing website, I assume, we read... Knotted Root Brewing Company represents life, a work in progress, constant evolution crossing a bridge into the unknown. We aim to push the boundaries of experimentation through fermentation while honoring those who came before us. Our consciousness is rooted in the mountain village of Nederland, Colorado, a truly unique town that has a long history of being a haven for rugged individualists and bohemians. We embody that spirit with our beer and our business philosophy. Hoppy ales are our main focus. We use proprietary techniques to highlight specific hop oils, producing flavor profiles reminiscent of ripe mangoes, passion fruit, and gummy bears. We have been an unfiltered ale. Wait, whoop. We believe an unfiltered ale presents the most authentic hop experience. So our beer remains naturally hazy in appearance, ensuring this balanced and finished product is of the utmost importance to us to achieve a drinking experience with layers of complexity. <laughs> it is a lot it's a lot. i wrote down a lot beyond hoppy and mixed culture ales knotted root produces a wide variety of beers to ensure that there is something for every beer drinker to enjoy these beers range from traditional german pilsner to heavily fruited berliner weiss our goal is to educate and create an inclusive atmosphere that thrives off of the energy of our local community and the greater craft beer culture right so beer number one like you said is called we love the architecture it is um, per their tradition apparently an unfiltered uh, czech pilsner it's 5.2 percent that's all that i had a uh, that i had that i was able to find on the internet and that was off untapped their website didn't have this beer listed anymore because as you said they rotate through beers pretty quickly um I'm gonna show I'm gonna show the can here to anybody that is watching this little clip if we use this clip. But Johnny, maybe you could describe it for our podcast listeners in the meantime. Oh, it's very geometric. We've got like a Picasso-esque multicolored cityscape. Lots of basically if you made this out of children's blocks, it's yeah. kind of that vibe. There's some green grass, yellow skyscraper, orange and blues, and very, very geometric is the one word I would use yeah. to describe it. Can I ask you also, where did you get beers this week for the show? SNS, both of them. Another a shout out to SNS. We do, you know, we keep going back, but they keep just getting great you know, beers in. If I go back ever and there's not great beers that right. weren't there last week, I go somewhere else. Sure. But 
So far, so good. So far, so good. Uh, And yeah, I suppose we might have spoken too early, but I've already tried this and I'm off to a a pretty happy start with it. It's got a really intense tanginess that I wasn't totally expecting for a Czech Pilsner. Yeah. But it's it's super refreshing, very clean drinking so far. Um, Again, like it's 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 not totally clear. There's a little bit of a little bit of murkiness going on there. It's super bubbly, um, very, very pale yellow. But but I mean, no mistaking it to be something like a Pilsner for Mm -hmm. sure. What do you think after that? I mean, it is very true to style. It's got a real dryness to the drinking experience that I enjoy. Uh, like the last half to three quarters of this, very dry. I get a lot of pithiness from the the finish. It finishes real, real pithy, real bitter, a little punchy. Uh, but the upfront experience is nice and smooth and crisp. Yeah, I mean, there's the, the pithiness. Maybe is what I was trying to key into as well. Um, because there is like a tang, there's a there's a yeah, like a punchy, almost citrusy kind of mm-hmm. twist there at the end. But I think it, it's working really well for me. It's like, yeah, like it's very very clean, very dry. There's a champagne kind of quality to the bubbles. Yeah, um, I don't know if you're getting this in your glass, but like the lacing around the edges is super super small bubbles. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll even come through on camera, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try. Where is that? Um, it's tough to to really get across, but it's it's a very very um, yeah, bubbly drinking experience. It, yeah, al- almost too much for you, or not really? No, doesn't bother me. Yeah, I expect light stuff like this to be. It should be pretty effervescent. Sure. Is there anything about this that is bothering you? Uh, that's a really pronounced that pithiness. It's it's almost distracting. Coupled with the dryness, it's got just chewing grapefruit rind vibes on the finish, and I don't love that. I'd like a bit more cleanness front to back. Yeah, but at the same time, and I'm just playing devil's advocate, it also makes it kind of stand out from a uniqueness perspective. And I enjoy that kind of surprising punchiness that I'm getting. Yeah. I, now, I, it, you know, I'm not sure how long that novelty will last. Like at some point, maybe even even in the course of us splitting this can, that might wear off. And I'm like, all right, it's a little bit too aggressive. But just from the perspective of trying lots of different beers on the show, it's a fun surprise. Yeah. No, it is. It's it's a unique check pills. That's for sure. We've done our fair share of them. And it's... yeah. It's not predictable, which I, I like. You know, it's it's got that clean, crisp, pilsnery up front, and then just that bitter kind of almost hoppy. It's got to be from like some hop oils or something. I wonder about that too, man. And and I wonder how much of that comes from not, um, you know, leaving it kind of unfiltered, and how much of that stays in the beer versus something. You know, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, or, or possibly last week. I'm not sure about um, how, you know, in theory, what what a brewery puts in the can ostensibly you think that's what people should be drinking. Mm-hmm. And I think we were talking about this because there was a hazy beer. With that, the floaty bit. With the, the junks in the, the bottom. bottom, yeah. And we, you know, we'd mixed up the can and then thought, oh, it's better mm-hmm. with what's in there. And I think it's a good rule of thumb at two at least brew buys, like what you put in there, you should know it's going to affect the drinking experience. So stand by it. And yeah. I think, yeah, like I think this this um, unfiltered business here with this is doing something different. And, and, luck or not or just our palates it's working for me i'm i'm into it yeah no it's it's solid it's just something unsuspected unexpected sure unsuspected yeah Yeah. same thing um nothing glaring out to me is like bad no but do you love it um i don't think so but i really do like it quite a bit do you love it i don't love it yeah i really enjoy it it is something i would order probably three of yeah for sure 
It's it's yeah, it's really easy drinking. I'm going to show the can here too. I've never thought about the video aspect of this being a workaround. We we're not technically supposed to really talk about specific specificity of pricing on on our radio version of our show, mm -hmm. but for people that might see this clip, that's how much this costs for a pint can. What do you think, man? Like like it's fairly fair? perfectly reasonable. It's it's kind of along the lines of what you might pay. It's on the lower end of what you might pay for a pint of this at a bar. Mm -hmm. It's on the upper end of what you might pay for a 16 ounce can individually um, for this style of beer. Yeah, I would I agree with that. But but a fair enough price. I think the the liquid inside is, you know, backing that up a little bit. Like, yeah, buy me. I'm worth it. Yeah. No, if this was like one of the two light beer options at a craft beer bar, I would sample it and I would definitely order yeah. a pint of it. And have like I, I said, maybe two. Have I told you about my bar idea that I want to own? No. I'll save it for hot and bother. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll jot it down now, but it's like, I think it's a good idea. All right. Um, right. I'm just going to really quickly write Max's. I love bar ideas. Bar. I know. And you'll love this idea. Um, there you but yes. Hope, better hope I do. The expectations there now. Do you have anything else we need to add before we rate this thing? Anything it's, we haven't touched on? No. It's super unique. Uh, different vibe for kind of a tried and true style, which is fun. It's just a bit of a fresh take, it feels like to me. It feels like a 7-2 all day. Okay, yeah. For me, it's an 8. I really, I mean, I'd drink it again. I think it's stellar. It's not the most amazing Czech pills I've ever had, but I really, really dig it. Um, and I think, I mean, that's, we still got, we've drank a fair bit. I feel, I feel yeah. good about this valuation. The last thing I wanted to note is that there isn't a canning date on this. I, as far as I could tell when I checked and after a double check, there is no canning date. And I would just like to know for my own curiosity, right. how fresh we are drinking this. Yeah. And he told me they were pretty fresh. I would so. guess pretty fresh. I mean, all of the flavor notes are there. It doesn't seem like there's any of those sort of, um, obvious off flavors that you get sometimes. Um, I suppose you got anything else, Johnny on, we love the architecture. Good first impression of knotted root. Okay, if you're listening on the radio, I'll remind you that once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. If you've tried We Love the Architecture and you uh, couldn't agree or disagree more with our evaluations, get in touch, let us know. Um, like Johnny said, you can leave us a voicemail or send a text to 530-433-0839. We do love feedback. Again, that number is 530-433-0839. Hey, if you like the show, take a couple seconds. Please, please, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, it only takes a couple seconds, and it's one of the most effective ways to help us get our show in front of new listeners, and we love that. It's good for the environment. It's good for the children. Uh, incoming is a trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's. If you haven't seen it yet, do not worry. There are no spoilers in our next segment, so stick around. Hi, this is Mike. I was just calling to see if that job that you offered was still available. Yes. The security guard. I will take anything. This place was huge in the 80s with the kids. They shut it down years ago. The owner's just not ready to let it go yet. I will work and you will sleep. I understand. Give me your hand. All you have to do is keep your eyes on the monitor. Welcome to Freddy Fazbear's, where fantasy and fun come to life. Okay. You must be a new security guard. Can I uh, help you, officer? Have you met them yet? Met who? Them. Kids went missing. 
The police searched Freddy's top to bottom. Hello? They never found them. That's why the place shut down. There are ghost children possessing giant robots. Thanks for the heads up. Technically, they're animatronics. What do they want? They want to make her like them. Bobby! Tell me how to stop them. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> Bobby, go! <laughs> If you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a sh- show about the world. It's a, sh- a sh- 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 it's show. A sh- it's a show, guys. It's a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR, you're sadly going to be missing out on some gold. It's available exclusively to our podcast listeners. So if you'd like to hear the whole episode, you can subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's currently available for your streaming pleasure. So at the end of this, if you're just dying to know what all the hot and bothered fuss is about, go have a listen. All right, again, that was a trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's, and here is mostly a synopsis from the internet that I tweaked a little bit. Recently fired and desperate to save his younger sister from being taken by uh, Child Protective Services and then put in the care of his um, sort of estranged, greedy aunt, a young man named Mike reluctantly agrees to take a position as a night security guard at an abandoned theme restaurant Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria, kind of imagine like a Chuck E. Cheese situation for those of us that remember that. Did you know, by the way, interrupting the synopsis, Chuck E. Cheese is still around? Mm -hmm. Do we have one in this town? We did, right? We did. We don't. There's one in Reno that I just saw. I didn't go in. I don't think you're allowed in without a kid. Well, that'd be a good, that's probably a good policy. Yeah. But, and I didn't have one, so good. Um, unbeknownst to Mike, years earlier, the restaurant was the scene of the <laughs> you murder. S- you said that like sometimes you do just to have a kid. <laughs> no, I didn't have one didn't at have the one time. Right I got to go grab I, one I didn't so I have go a to child. Chuck e. But I was curious, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this as we talk about this film. Like, I, Granted, it's not a movie that is trying to accurately depict or make any sort of smart commentary on Chuck E. Cheese or like, you, you know, the, the state of affairs as it pertains to adults bringing their young children to places where they can drink and the kids can go play for a few hours. But I just, I don't remember Chuck E. Cheese being the way it is in this movie, but, but that's the idea. Um, anyways, some kids were murdered there a few years ago. Uh, Mike didn't know that when he was hired, their bodies were never found. Those are kind of the key pieces of information to know about this movie, which was directed by Emma Tammy. Again, it was based on a video game series, sort of a survival horror game series. I think there were nine total that started in 2014. So basically not old at all. Did you ever play these games? Uh, I played the first one a little bit. Okay. Um, it was uh, co-written by Emma Tammy, the director, um, a guy named Seth Kudabak, and then uh, Scott Cawthon, the game creator. Um, and our main character is Mike. Josh Hutcherson plays that character. This came to Peacock for kind of a soft release on October 26th before getting wide release in theaters on the 27th. It's an hour and 49 minutes long. And you know, if I'm being frank, we're, we're sort of at the bottom of the barrel cinematically here for the next couple of weeks. So this wasn't um, at the top of my couldn't wait to see it list, but it was at the top of availability list in our local theaters. So that's where I kind of came into this from. Where where were you sitting on kind of the vibe of this? This is a movie of convenience. It also came out really, really close to, I think it was last year, um, Willie's Wonderland. Yeah. That Nick Cage movie that was like Nick Cage trapped in basically a Chuck E. Cheese where the animatronic animals come to life mm-hmm. and fights them. And yeah. I was like, is this the same movie? Like, are they re-releasing it? Um, but I think that was last year. Yeah. Anyways, you're, but yeah, continue, please. 
I didn't start. Your thoughts on um on, oh. on your relationship with like you know going into this? Like, how did you feel? Were you excited? Um, I was medium. Like, I'm always excited to see like a new horror movie, even though it's based on some existing IP. Are we calling this a horror movie? Uh, that's what they called it, so that's what we'll call it. Okay, I'm fine with that logic for now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Man, this movie was a disaster. It's a bummer, man. <laughs> it was an absolute disaster. I would call it hot garbage, but that's an insult both to the temperature and garbage. All right. It was, oof, maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like, ever in your life? It's up there, dude. Like, it was so dreadfully bad. Okay. From the droll acting, just and overacting, and poor script poor plot like it, there was nothing redeeming about this movie in any way like at no point was it funny or scary or interesting or entertaining i mean you got to be at least one of those right you, you, think, like, <laughs> like, you should be one of those on accident yeah like yeah to be none of them is like you almost have to be trying and this one isn't it's not one of those movies just that, no it tried to be so serious and tried to be scary it tried to be funny too it tried to be funny which didn't land at all and it tried to have some weird commentary about recurring dreams and childhood trauma and all this and that. It was just yeah. none of it landed, man. Yeah. And yeah. it was – this could have been a tight 90 and it still would have been like, okay, that's pushing it. Mm -hmm. But to be an hour 49 yeah. is is rough. So I I think I hated it. Any, no, I, I hated it. Any redemptive qualities about the movie? The animatronics were kind of cool. They're fine. Yeah, they were cool. There was, you know, I like the. Well, so I'm with you. I think it's a. I think it's really poorly done. Um, I haven't seen Josh Hutcherson in much since the Hunger Games movies. I think he's really good in those. Um, it's sort of like the tones. Yeah, the tones bad here. Like I feel like it, when when a movie goes off the rails so completely, I think the number one culprit of bad guy laying dynamite on the track is poorly executed tone. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. It's all over the place. It tries to be kind of creepy. I didn't check. It feels like a PG-13 movie for sure, right? And that was another thing that I didn't like about it. And part of this is that we were prepped by the Willy's Wonderland. Is that what it's called? Willy's yeah. Wonderland? Mm -hmm. um, which is, I believe, a pretty hard R. It was fairly gruesome. And yeah. uh, at least with that, you kind of get what you're what they're going for. Tonally, that movie was very consistent. It was. And it was goofy. And it didn't totally work for me, but it knew what it was doing. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, this one does seem to kind of bounce all over the place from some humor to some more deep sort of, um, you know, thematic ideas about, yeah, about dreams and trauma and childhood and, and, and grief and, and, and none of it ever really works. Um, I, there's, yeah, there's not a lot here. I agree. Like it could have been an hour 49 was tough. I wasn't necessarily entertained. Um, I was so not invested in this movie. I, and in case there's new listeners, I love going to the movies. I know you, it's not your number one thing. Like I think usually if you have a choice, you'll watch it in the comfort of your home. Mm -hmm. I will almost always go to the theater cause I love it. And I'm, I'm leaving the country here for a couple of weeks tomorrow. So, um, I was a little pressed for time, but I had a ticket and then I was making our notes today. And I was like, Oh, it was released a peacock. And if you don't know the peacock peacock subscription is like five 99 mm -hmm. and a movie ticket on a Tuesday, which is today is like five 25. So I was like, okay, I'll just get the Peacock subscription and I'll watch it at home. So I was like folding laundry, doing it. And at no point was I like, I am so watching this thing. Right? It was a bummer. Like, I, I don't know. It wasn't particularly satisfying the way it resolved. There's a, there's, you know, there's a performance in the beginning by Matthew Lillard, who you might remember as Shaggy from the live action Scooby-Doo movies. He was fun to see for a minute. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of overacting. The, the aunt's performance is particularly terrible. Oh, it's obscene. 
Um, I, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's certainly going to be in my my bottom five of the year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't know about all time, but but for sure for the year, maybe even the past couple of years. Oh, like already takes the cake. This is the worst movie I've seen this year. I can't wait to do our list. We're getting we're getting there. Yeah. Um, do you want to give me an out of ten? And even if you don't want to, do it. Give me an out of ten. Like one point one. One point one. Almost as low as you can go, but not quite. Yeah. Uh yeah, for me it's you know, it's a three. Like I wasn't like mad. It wasn't so bad that it was like upsetting me. Um, but it, I was more ambivalent, which almost makes me upset now in retrospect. Ambivalence is the opposite of love. I know. Um I don't know. That's kind of what I got. We've got some time for our radio listeners. Um, so let's talk about some stuff. And, and just to remind people, we're not spoiling stuff yet. And there's not really a lot to spoil. Um, there's So I don't know. I don't know how we want to go about it, but maybe you have some ideas. I mean, let's talk about the things we liked, if there is any, any scenes that stand out. And let's maybe talk about what could have made it better. I think Josh Hutcherson does a good job with what he. Or he like, was decent. He's okay. Yeah. He has to. He has to do. He has to do some some heavy lifting emotionally. I think there's sort of the um, the trauma he's dealing with is his little brother being kidnapped when he was young and then mm-hmm. lost. Um. And there's a sequence. It's a flashback sequence that we see through his dreaming. And he they they shot it from like six or seven different angles where each time he has to like get fully teared up and scream his brother's name as a car drives away. Mm-hmm. He sold it to me every time. Yeah. I think that was good. That was like the best acting in the whole movie. I agree. Uh, so that's one positive. Why don't you give me a positive? Um, I really liked the lighting and a lot of the way that the actual interior of, what's it called? Zanzibar's Pizza? Sure. Zanzibar's Pizza. No. Yeah. Faz, uh, Fazbear. Fazbear. Freddy Fazbear. Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. Yeah. I like the way the interior was shot. Um, if these were just stills, mm-hmm. I'd be like, Ooh, that's like a creepy setting for something. Totally. Okay. So set and setting were there and that's kind of what frustrated me. So uh-huh. I'll wrap a positive into a negative. Okay. Sure. <laughs> is that it had like the aesthetic, but the tone and direction and, and delivery of everything in this movie didn't follow through, but it had the look, it had a great look. I love the lighting, super dark, a lot of use of, of some light up video game stuff and like old school, you know, Chuck E. Cheese style, win some tickets style games. I loved that. It had a great vibe. Yes. I, the, the animatronic creatures would, would have fit really well when that place was lit up and working. Yeah. But the problem is for me with the setting is that they nailed the creep factor of that place after dark, except for those creatures. Mm -hmm. They weren't quite scary. No. Especially like they still looked a little cuddly. There's a cupcake. There's like a the killer cupcake. A cupcake that is like the the companion pet of one of the other bigger creatures. And it has, I would argue, the most screen time of attacking humans. Mm-hmm. And they are the laughiest things, but they think consequentially are the biggest things. And yeah. there was a disconnect there that I think is is sort of, you know endemic of the larger issue is like, there's just this disconnect between the pretty horrific idea of this and the way it's executed in in a way that it just wasn't, it wasn't scary and it wasn't funny and it wasn't, it wasn't all the things we've already said. Yeah. So it it kind of flirted with being a B movie, but I mean, it never got there. It's like a C movie, you know, it never got to that B movie camp factor where it wasn't campy. It wasn't cheesy enough to be Mm -hmm. good. It wasn't, any enough of any one aspect to make it worthwhile. I agree. Like, oh, it would have taken just one. 
Like mm-hmm. if the acting wasn't there, but it was funny, mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. This is hilarious. You know, but if the suspense or horror was there, it just needed to do one of many things right. And yeah. it would have been way above a 1.1 for me. Sure. So. On, on top of all these problems, there's some really basic storytelling problems this movie suffers from. Mm-hmm. Um, the the big offenders to me are um, predictability, um, character development slash characters, short-term memory loss, apparently. I think there's a couple character arcs here that do not go the way that any logical person would take them. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get into spoilers. But uh, there's also only maybe, you know, five people in this movie that speak ever, maybe six. Yeah. Um, so when I say that there's one character who by the end I don't feel good about the way things go, logically, I you know, people that have seen it might know what I'm talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think I have a good idea. Somebody gets off the hook for being culpable in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that apparently this person has known about for a very long time mm-hmm. and is just like one of the heroes of the story. Right. And I'm like, I don't think so. Like, you were in on this? I'm talking about the cop. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Her whole character just didn't make sense. No. No. The character did not make sense. Like from the moment you meet her. It was weird. It makes no sense. But then, they, and I'm dancing here, but like they do try to justify why she was weird. Yeah. But then still, it's like, then why are you, then why are we good with it? Yeah. It was strange. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Josh Hutcherson comes around and like eventually is, he realizes what's most important is his little sister and he needs to, you know, the past was tragic and sad, but of course- what he needs to focus on is his little sister. Yeah. I would have liked some explanation as to like what happened to his dad. I think they said she, yeah, I missed that too. Briefly touched on that, you know, his mom passed or something. Okay. But also in all of his flashbacks, he never had a sister. So obviously she's quite a bit younger. Yeah. So obviously they had this kid, you know, later. Yeah. Like, where's the story there? How? Okay. So like he's in the movie, let's say he's probably like mid 30. What? Oh, he's that old. I think he's that old in real life, but I think in the movie he's supposed to be like, you know, like didn't go to college, stayed in his hometown. Okay, so like mid early twenties. Yeah. And I, I can see that. The kid, uh, Abby, is like Twelve. eight. All right, we'll call it ten. Yeah. In the flashback, he's probably eight. Eight. So like his parents lived another like eight years to have his sister. And then then what? Raised her for a while. Right. So I don't know died. either. I guess it was convenient that he's like raising her now. Like what happened? Like where? I don't know. She's just this nebulous orphan sister. Yeah. And it made no sense. Um, I also think, and this is the last thing that I really care to mention, but I'm sort of over the cliche of little kids drawing as a way of later in the movie being like, you should have been paying attention to the drawings all along or like mm-hmm. the chalk on the wall or like whatever it is. Yeah. It's uh, a little done, a little boring. Um, and a little predictable. So his sister was just not very cool. She's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. But you get it. Kind of maybe she saw her parents die. They leave that open-ended. So, well, explain that. Like, you know, yeah, like, I agree. Get, that would have given that character depth. And yes. that's probably why they didn't do it. I agree. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else we need to talk about here before we spoil this movie? I think it's great that what? we have <laughs> just this car crash of a movie. It's been a while since we've just seen a total stinker. It's nice to have some balance. This one's not as fun to tear apart for some reason. Like I'm not having as much fun like ripping it out. Like it's it's just not. It's like just like bad, but not like well, not like fun. Bad. Like, like Avatar Way of Water for me. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> like so fun to rip the Yeah. Well, like you said, I think it, it elicited some ambivalence. Yeah, it totally did. Which it's like okay. you're just complacent about yeah. the whole thing now. You just you've been robbed of your emotion about um, Five Nights at Freddy. 
All right. Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR. Who cares? If you have thoughts on anything we've discussed in the show today so far, get in touch. You can text or call 530-433-0839 or send a good old-fashioned email to fhccast at gmail.com. When we come back, we're discussing Five Nights at Freddy's with spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, consider this your second-to-last warning. And don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone. We are here to discuss spoilers for Five Nights at Freddy's. So you've been warned. This is it. Um, I, Again, not one of those movies almost ever do I care just to, to you know, check what happens in the plot and go through it. But I mean, if you can do it in under 15 seconds. I can do it. In, I can do it in under 30 seconds. Easy. Like, and we've already established most of this. He's a security guard, gets hired by Matthew Lillard, again, Shaggy, who um, <laughs> says, like, career counselor, whatever. Never hear from him again until you think about it for two seconds, and you're like, he's probably behind this whole thing. Whatever. So he goes a couple nights. Nothing bad happens at all. He falls asleep. Then it gets vandalized by his sister's uh, babysitter because she, she's hired by the aunt so she can get the kid for a paycheck. I don't know what child protective services is paying in kids these days. Like, I can't imagine that paycheck's huge. Right. She becomes the bad guy. Place is broken into. He cleans up. Little sister makes friends with the animatronics for a minute there, and that's my favorite sequence of the movie. They're all yeah. palling around. That was kind of cool. I was like, well, this would be a great subversion. They aren't bad monsters. They're like, you know, whatever. Not I'm Misunderstood. True. And then they try to, you know, possess her. They're going to kill her so she can be a play with them forever. Yeah. He has to save her. And then, you know, the movie ends with, I forgot about Vanessa, the cop. She's the daughter of the owner of the place who has apparently known about these killings of these children for a long time, said nothing, even helped get some of them in there. Oh, yeah. She was complicit. She faces her dad in the end, kind of. He stabs her in the stomach, um, which I thought, fair enough. You've helped a little bit. You've been a distraction. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. Then they tase him. The machines turn on him, kind of kill him. Then they get out of there with Vanessa. Save her. Yeah. I think wrong call. And then the movie's basically over. Yeah. So did it throw you off at all that the, the kids became absorbed into these things and then the kids became like murderous? Did it throw me off or did I have questions with how that would make any sense? Yeah. I mean, obviously it's like a supernatural thing that you yeah. kind of have to suspend yeah, yeah. your disbelief for. But like, did that even work for you? I no. know it didn't, but like. No, no. And here's why. Because yeah. they, they they explain it away in one sentence. They, they go, um. I can't remember who says it. I think it's Vanessa. She's saying of her dad. He has a way, and it's before we know it's her dad. He he controls them. Like he's brainwashed them or something. And the way he's done it is like put crayon drawings on the wall because kids are stupid and they can't read apparently. Yeah. And he the picture's literally him in his bunny suit holding hands with the kids. And we're to believe like they see that and like, oh, we're his, he's our friend. Mm -hmm. And therefore we'll murder people. Yeah. That's I don't the, know. That's is Real shallow. Because he murdered the kids, right? Sound, yeah, that's the impression I got. It's unclear why to me. Yeah. And I also got the impression he's like been murdering kids a lot. Mm -hmm. But where then, and, and then also why? Like the animatronic people, animals are filled up. Like they're occupied. Yeah. So why kill these other kids if you're trying to create, why is he doing this? Yeah, then we don't know. He's just a maniac? Like, Apparently. And how is he doing it? Why? Yeah. How does he know if the kids get murdered, they're going to go into the yeah. thing? Like, there's clearly like a process. Yeah, like what gives him sway over? I don't know the trans afterlife, transferring souls into animatronic bunnies. I don't know, but there's like there's there is a process. There's a chair. There's got to be a book for that. There's a machine. Yep. 
And and so he's clearly done it. Like he's got to deal with the devil, I guess. Something. I don't know. He's got to deal with Chuck E. Cheese. It's, yeah. Deal. It doesn't make sense to me. So no, I I don't know why the kids are evil. Yeah. It's it's unclear. Yeah. So it was all so shallow and and just nebulous and yeah. just you basically had to turn your brain off to watch this movie, which I have a hard time with that. Yeah, me too. Because I'm you're gonna sit there and try and figure it out. Like yeah. But what's his motivation? Like how does this work? Why is that like that? And you just like. If you want to enjoy this movie, you can't ask any questions of it. Sure. Yeah. And I don't think that's fair. Some people, you know, this movie was was obviously pretty, pretty uh, ripped apart by critics, but it's got, a, if I remember, like a fairly decent, you know, like user rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That seems. Like audience score. Um, can you buy those scores? No. No, you can buy the the tomato ones. No, you can't. Yeah, you can. What do you mean buy the like, tomato buy, ones? Buy like the certified fresh that's the thing. They've proven that you can you can buy like buy the badge for your movie. You can get yeah. You can buy like good or, reviews on on Rotten Tomatoes. I I'm pretty sure that's not true. And the reason I say that is because I tried to like at one point I was researching how you get accredited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be like a public to be a critic at least to be an audience member doesn't really matter. Yeah. But the critic reviews you have to be legitimately like a published critic through either an online yeah. publication. Or, I, I read or, something though that you can. There's a way to manipulate that. Like you can buy reviews. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me necessarily, but I would love to see some evidence before yeah. I accuse Rotten Tomatoes. Totally. Because uh, they're listening. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, did you, I mean, obviously the parallels to uh, Willy's Wonderland were yeah. throughout. Yeah. There was a lot of homages kind of derivative really uh-huh. uh, in this movie. Namely, the one that they did in the kitchen that just screamed um, Jurassic Park. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like yeah. Big Jurassic Park moment. There. It's just that like that uh, like industrial commercial kitchen thing where mm-hmm. there's like stainless steel everywhere and like somebody's crouching. Uh, you're talking about the one of the the babysitter's accomplices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There this movie also gave me really strong black phone vibes that Ethan mm. um, Ethan Hawk movie that yeah. came out a couple years ago. Don't really know why. I think it's the possessed kid thing. I could see that. Or like yeah, like one guy um, in a mask murdering kids. And there was, was a lot of flashbacks too. A lot of flashbacks. Wow. Were there flashbacks in that movie? Yeah. Remember he kept flashing back when he was in the room and his friends were talking to him mm. and they were giving him advice about how to get all the dead kids. They were giving him advice about how to get out of the room. Yeah. Those aren't flashbacks. Those are like, well, those are, you know, it's flashback adjacent kind of, I mean, it's like ghosts talking to you. Yeah. So in the sense that they are a flashback of a real human, it's, it's a, a flashback. <laughs> yeah. Flashback to humanity. Yeah. Whoops. There goes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Man, this movie was tough, though. I'm glad we watched it because they can't all be winners. No, that's and true. And it feels like we've been hitting a lot of real high points. That's a good point. Do you know how many screenings there were for this in a day? Probably like three. No, dude. There were like, so it's in the XD theater. Oh, is this one. the popular one right now? That's what I'm saying. Oh like, my. it's the number one. Like, it's the only movie out that's like really wow. new-ish. So there's like four showtimes per day for the XD theater. And there's, no joke, I think like 14 uh, and it, did. that's insane it's a lot and i don't really know i mean it's made its money back um i think it was made on 20 million dollars okay i think it's made like man it feels wrong but a hundred i think it's made like a hundred million no way. that can't be right yeah now that, but i do think like, it's 20 million i could see them breaking even because you know they've made they've fooled enough people to get them to buy tickets but, i'm gonna find out but yes and i wonder how much of that total involves peacock money like, uh, I wonder if that... None of it. Yeah? None of it. So yeah. that's all separate. Because I got my number from Box Office Mojo, and that is, in, as it's implied in the name, um, just the box office. Hmm. 
Well, if they've made a hundred million dollars off this thing, then we're just wrong. Yeah, we're we're at one thirty six right now. What? Yeah, and that's international as well. But um, what? They made eighty four in in the U S. I know that's like the most shocking thing I've heard all well, week. Well, right, dude. But again, it, it speaks to this idea that there's like because because I can open it up right now. That's, that's embarrassing. And like, what's out in theaters and and more like what's new in theaters? But I'll, I'll just tell you what's out now. Like, and it's Halloween weekend. I mean, people, people want a little spin. And that's the bigger bummer. This is like, it's not even scary. Yeah. Um, but like Killers of the Flower Moon was last weekend. So most mm-hmm. people that were dying to see it probably have. There's, um, there's, there's one of those movies out called After Death, which is like, I think it's based on like a book or something, but it's all these testimonials put in a, a fiction storytelling where like people that die and then talk about how they found God, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, heard it's not very good. Um, the Exorcist Believer still out. That's old. Paw Patrol. The movie's out. Saw is still out. We should have covered Paw Patrol. The Creator's still out. Um, Trick or Treat, which is, is that's a 2009 old. movie. Yeah. Um, Freelance, which I almost suggested we see, just because John. Here's the here's the for everybody watching. It's uh it's John Cena walking away from like a burning pile of trash. Um, oh my exposure is gonna be locked there, but you know, like I'd see that. He's like wading through water. There's explosions. And then there's like the the Dicks the musical the sing along, and uh, just like that's what's out. So it was a rough week. It was a tough week for film. I agree. Well, we made it through this. I'm glad yeah. neither of us spent money on it in the theater. That would have felt like a real yeah. All right, that's a good question for sure. you. What do you think this movie would have been better like in a dark theater? No, would the theater of experience experience added? I don't anything think so at all. No. Well, I would have had some sweet fresh popcorn, but. Other than that, no, I don't think it's one that really needed it. So that made me happy. I was like, oh, I'm glad I could afford to miss this in the theaters. I'm just glad I don't even pay for the Peacock subscription that I used to watch this. Nice, dude. Yeah, I just I figured I'll just get it for a month. Yeah, and and then I, I was the office. I well, so I was doing laundry. I was like, when the credits started rolling, I got up and I changed the laundry and I started da 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 da. I was like, ba 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 da da da. I, was like, I haven't heard that theme song in a minute. Yeah, since it left Netflix, basically. Yeah. Um. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to talk about about Five Nights at Freddy's? Are we feeling good? I think if it would have been rated R and, and had a, a tone of any sort, it would have been somewhat enjoyable. Somewhat enjoyable, I agree with. Um, let's get on the same page about something we both totally agree with, which is that I assume beer? we could use another beer. Beer? All and right. Can we just pinky promise to never talk about this movie again? Yeah, deal. Deal. Where is it? All right. <laughs> pinky promise. We'll be right back. All right, we got beer number two. It is on the table, and it's um, we should do this, my man. We should have uh, – I don't know how we'd keep track. We'd just add a column to our beer catalog, but we should have, like, best labels every year, like the best and worst beer labels because um, this would be a contender for best beer label of hey, the hey, year. Hey, what's hey, up? Hey, what? Best in show. Oh, nice job. Yeah, it is best the, in okay. show. And for people that can't see it, it's um, – it, well, the beer is called Perpetual Embrace, and we'll get into the details in a second, but the can – is two happy-looking dogs. They're so cute. Um, a little cattle dog and a a not cattle dog. And they they're not. These aren't little puppies. This this guy closest to you is uh, he's got some he's got some gray in the old whiskers. Yeah, really sweet-looking animals. I assume. I I mean, if I know craft brewers, those, are, those are brewery dogs. Brewery dogs, hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. Um, Which I love a good brewery dog. I do too, man. I we don't have a lot of that in Chico. Like there's. I mean, uh, customers, obviously, but can you think of a brewery that has um, a brewery dog that is just, like, kind of roaming around? No. There should be. There's – I'm surprised you don't love Knee Deep more just for this, is they have a brewery cat. Uh, and it's been years since I've played there. But, um, yeah, they had this cat that would just kind of – I think it was Knee Deep. 
they'd walk around. The cat would just like walk around and meet everybody and just kind of hang out in the brewery. And, That'd be so cool. Uh, it was great. Let's talk about the actual beer here. Would you read me what we have on the notes, Johnny Summers? Let's do it. Perpetual Embrace. It's an imperial New England IPA. It's 8.2% ABV. Perpetual Embrace is an unfiltered, double dry hopped, double IPA, which highlights our favorite hop, Nelson Sauvin, with a touch of Vic's secret. Musky and tropical, this delicate beer is dedicated to both our brewery dogs, Asher, and his big brother, Asa. We had to read ahead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Think... Sauvignon Blanc grape must, strawberry cough, and grapefruit sorbet. Strawberry cough is a strain of marijuana. Oh. Ah, the old the old cannabis. Yes. Okay, great. Um okay, well, yeah. Asher and Asa is how I would say that. Asa? Asa? I would say Asa. I would say that. Wow, look at this beer, by the way. Oh, oh. Um, I would say that because my uh my girlfriend's brother is has a name that is spelled the same way, which is A-S-A. And he, he is called Asa. Look at this beer. You're going to, you can't imagine you're going to like this. Look at that thing. Well, that is milky That's, looking. And also very dark. It's a yeah. very dark looking um, New England IPA. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a brownish gold. Yeah. You know, that famous brown gold, New England IPAs. <laughs> um, Excuse I'm me. Stoked. I'm excited for this, but I, you know, I, I could see you maybe not being that way, but you're trying it now. Initial impressions. What do you think? Oh, that is a thicky thick. Is it? Thicky thick, boy. All right. That beer is girthy. Man, so much body on that. It is, um, it's a hefty beer, dude. That's like 8.2 and it weighs 8.2 pounds. Nice. Nice. That just the. Oh, there's a lot, man. There's a lot. It's musty. They weren't wrong. Musty is a fantastic word to describe it. It is, it's fruity, you know, orange juicy. It's. Little bitter, it's a little sweet. I'd say it's a it's a bit more than a little bitter. That yeah. thing, that thing finishes like a punch in the neck. Yeah, but it finishes like super fresh homemade orange juice. I guess you mean that 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 bitterness. You mean yeah, yeah. That's not wrong. If you yeah, you put a little too much of the of yeah. the pith in there. Yeah, yeah. totally. Do oh, I fell in it. Do you like it? The pith. Yeah. Do you like it? I. Jury's still out. Were you quoting Andy Dwyer? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, that was a deep cut. We fairly yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's ringing a, a distant bell that I haven't thought of in a while. Mm. Between that and the office, man, we're going real deep today. Yeah, hell yeah. I do like it quite a bit. I don't love it. I think it's showing signs of a New England IPA that is attempting to be more aggressive than it needs to. Well, it is a double filtered or unfiltered double, double dry, dry hops. Yeah. Double IPA. I know. It's a double I, double. I don't, yeah. I, I don't think... I don't think that this approach to what do you want? It's a double double animal style. Wow, you're on fire today. Oh man. You were saying before we started rolling for this segment, you needed more caffeine, but I think you've had the right amount. I think I must have. Must have. Must. <laughs> I'm not on the same level as you. I'm just trying, okay. to, trying to play along. It's fine. So I like it. I don't love it. I've only had one drink. I'll try it again. So I think I'm probably gonna like it more for the reasons that you like it less. I feel like there's a really good the balance that we run with our, our beer preferences, less sweet, more me. Okay. More sweet on the, the hazy New England. Sure. Unfiltered, whatever you want to call it. Because uh, this is Imperial New England. I agree. So, um, yeah, I think it trends more towards the bitter, and I think that that lends it to my sensibilities. I mean, I agree. Yes. I, I wish there was more of a, 
of a of a sweet, juicy backbone to this, but it is clearly accentuating hop characteristics. And some of those are are a little bit tamped out. The bitterness of some of those are tamped down, presumably by the, the dry hopping, but it's still quite a bit. And you're right, on the body, it's huge. It doesn't feel like a it's it's not like a throw it back easily kind of beer for sure. Like you're not you're not crushing this. It borders on syrupy. It does. And and it's it's not an alcohol alcohol viscosity. It's um yeah, it's it's purely body. It's like a very Kind of yeah, like like bready, kind of yeasty heaviness. Yeah, it's like when you get the OJ and it's got the extra pulp. Yeah, and it comes out the glug, the jug just glug glug. Boom, yeah, boom, glug, yeah. Glug, glug. Remember that one time with that one beer <laughs> that was frozen. Oh, that's right. Because we've had some that had gross boogies in it. We, we have had that, but yeah, the one time that I freaked out. <laughs> yeah, because that was a while back. <laughs> Maybe just, we released that episode while I'm out of the country. Uh, that was so funny. I was like, we're gonna die. There's aliens in this beer. Yeah, it was bad. It was. It looked bad, but yeah. Luckily, it was just science. Yeah, because we couldn't find them. We went digging in the cup for those glugs, and they're like they're gone. It's like they melted. Yeah, we're smart. <laughs> Why is it so cold and so snotty? Yeah. So grapefruit sorbet. That's something that I've never seen in a descriptor. Okay. And I think it's very applicable. This has that punchy, bitter citrus of a grapefruit. Yeah, it's a through line in both of these beers today. They both have that kind of that that yeah that bitter, yeah that grapefruit kind of punch. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's a lot. Are you a purveyor of the finer grapefruit juices of the land? What fine? What are you talking about? Do you like grapefruit juice? Yeah, I'll drink. I'll drink some ruby red. No, like real grapefruit juice. No, okay, that's like gross. A, like a Knudsen's. No, dude. No? No. Well, that's real grapefruit juice. Everyone likes grapefruit juice concentrate that comes in the frozen little tube. No, I'm not talking about it. Up like some biscuits. But there's, I do love that. But there's like, you know, there's there's ruby red grapefruit. That's like ocean spray. Sure. That's all sugar. I love it. That's not juice. That's sugar it's water. It's good with for like you. little salt bay worth of juice. Well, it's good. I mean, yeah, it is good. So I like that. There's no faulting you there. That's like the difference between ocean spray cranberry juice and real cranberry juice. Is that not real cranberry juice? Is it like really bitter? It's so bitter and mm. so devastatingly dry. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can feel it on my teeth since mm-hmm. you saying that. Yeah. So there is a big difference. This is like fresh from the fruit squeezed with your bare hands. Well then yeah, I juice. guess consider me not a fan of that. It's it's too bitter for me. Yeah. Uh you ever do like the grapefruit at breakfast? I do. Or do, you, do you sprinkle sugar or is that Hell yeah. stupid? Yeah. No, you have to. You have to. That's what I was asking. Like so do you, do you like is, the flavor of actual no, grapefruit? Nobody likes <laughs> I'm sure people do. I'm sorry. <laughs> nobody but, likes grapefruits. No, like my sister who only rarely gets shout outs outside of her obligatory shout out at the end of the episode. Bailey likes grapefruit probably. Like she would probably just buy. I like into how you're it. just putting that evil on her. You saying probably like you don't even know for she's sure. She's like she like she's one of those people that like she likes her salad without dressing. Like she likes the flavor of lettuce food, like the way it's grown. I guess. Okay. I heard people like that. I mean, if it's the right salad, because you know, like arugula has such a unique flavor. If you're mixing some spinach in That's there, true, and maybe a nice grated cheese. Like if you have good ingredients, maybe some cranberries, some walnuts. Yeah, I guess. There's a case to be made for that more so than just raw dogging a grapefruit. (laughs) (laughs) That just made me think of that movie. uh, I think it was Good Luck Chuck. Is that the right one? Maybe. Oh, it's a a very specific high cinema reference I've just made. Okay. Um, But okay, not even to the point. Do you like this beer regardless or because of its, its grapefruit qualities? I like it, but not specifically for that. 
I just, I love the bitterness of it. I am always hyper cautious and very aware when a beer looks like that. Yeah. That, you know, immediately sweetness, premonition, worry, diabetes, very yeah. scared. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have a tendency to run away from beers that look like that. Uh, but been doing a lot of, of big New England's, some doubles in the last few weeks, and I've liked most of them, I think. Yeah. And I don't really think it's my palate changing because you haven't been as crazy about them at all. I think that there's this kind of trend happening in higher-end craft beers where we're getting some really bitter New England IPAs. I think maybe this could be a sign that people are growing out of the, That they the, finally heard your voice in the distance. I am Moses, basically. <laughs> Let my people go. Yeah. Yeah. Out of your sweet beer holds. Yeah. Make it bitter again. And I think it's working. I don't know. Or it could just be coincidence. The last four that we've done of this style have been very hop forward, robust, dry, bitter finish, very more IPA. They're putting the IPA back in New England IPA. And I'm here for that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you. This We have done a few over the past few weeks. This is far and away for me the most bitter forward one. Mm -hmm. uh, and because of that, it's not because of that. I love I love a West Coast IPA. I'll get down I'll get down on an IPA so hard you wouldn't believe, but I, like I love the delineation between the styles. Like I love the 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 balance that has been struck by a I guess we can say conventional now New England IPA. Mm -hmm. I love that sweetness. Um, and and all it seems to me is like we we at one point diverted here stylistically, and then you had your West Coast and your New England, and now it's just coming back, and we're just have the same thing again. Eventually, New there's England room IPAs, for both. New England IPAs will just be clear. We yeah, keep right. going like we're going. We'll just be calling them IPAs again. This is madness. And then they'll just turn into loggers. Yeah, and then you'll be even happier, and then we'll call it good. Any way I win in this scenario. It's a good day for you. It is aggressively pithy and bitter. It is so grapefruit forward that I almost don't like it. Like, it's almost too bitter for me. Well, now you're speaking my language, kiddo. Almost. I agree. But it's not. No, it's, I, I and that's, like it. I, I actually, I feel like we do this sometimes where we're like on, on, on um, issues that we have made stances on in the past. For example, you being sort of against doing the IPAs, I tend to skew, like I tend to just play devil's advocate, but I, I do like this too. It's good. Uh, it's just, it's not my favorite thing. Like it's, it's, I'd drink it again. I'll probably, I'll probably top off my glass to be honest with you. Um, I think this would be a very intriguing eight ounce pour at a bar and then maybe move on to something else. That's a great idea. I'm also going to give, give the old college swirl on this thing because we didn't do it. Um, it is over here. Um, also I realized that I hadn't been rolling when I showed the can the first time. So just for fun and Look also at those dogs in case, so in case, um, in case anybody from Knotted Root is is watching, I would love to know which dog is Asher and which one is Asa. Yeah. So if you could just let us know, that would be pretty. You want to make a guess, man? No, I feel like that's rude to the dogs. Fair enough. Well, I would still like to know. Yeah, I um, want to know too because I I love those dogs. Here's what's coming into your glass. You tell me if it looks any different. No, yeah, it, it's really really just just thick through and through. It is so like oh, milky. I might have a thing there. Might have a little corn. A little bloop. Yeah, but yeah, it's really 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 intense. Yeah, uh, I got a little. Oh yeah, come on. Oh no, I got quite a bit to be yeah, honest with you. Can you, you see did. that? You got some yeasty boys at the got, bottom yeah. there. I yep. did not. I, I avoided those. Yeah, You're if welcome. this was, I had to. I mean, you just aesthetically, you could tell me there's milk in that. I probably believe you. Yeah, like, it looks milky. Murky. Yeah, yeah, it totally does. I'm gonna try it again with this. And and granted, that's you know we probably could have swirled it because that's I mean that's uh, that's a lot in it. Look at that. Um. But again, like we said earlier, they they sent this beer out. They're they're a brewery that even in their website prides themselves on 
the unfiltered thing. This the, this is what we're sending out. Drink it. Um, I just probably wish that we had maybe, you know, rolled it across the table a couple of times to each other. We got to remember to do that. It's hard to form new habits, man. It really is. They say it takes like seven days to form a habit. They say it takes like 28 three, to break three it Three weeks something? to form it. Three and, weeks? And like three days to break it. It's not, it's not, it's not right. Flip that. It's backwards. It's, it takes longer to form it, right? No. Yes. It's quick to form habits, harder to break them. You've definitely got that wrong. Nope. Of course it is. Why don't more people have good habits then? It's harder to break bad habits. It's harder to break any habit. It's, it's hard to break bad habits. It's hard to set good habits for sure. But habits in general take longer to form than they do to break. I would disagree with that completely. I don't know if it's really a, an opinion situation, but I mean, we could find out. I think your facts are incorrect. <laughs> this is my opinion. That's I'm, more like it. <laughs> I was fairly certain that I had proper facts. Okay. Well, let me just type it in then. Yeah. To make a hat, because because I'm I'm pretty confident. And the point of this is that we're gonna try to roll our New England IPAs across the table more. Absolutely. Yeah, if we're going to drink it, we're drinking everything in the can. Yeah, right. Um, and this got back to our discussion about wine, where it's like people generally know to store it on its side, but you don't kind of pour all of that stuff into your glasses. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows it. You know, re- Ugh, this, is, this isn't the time to do this, but the little blurbs that pop up say, the researchers conclude that habit formation and breaking can take anywhere between the same amount of time. It's comparing the same things. Since the brain doesn't distinguish between good and bad habits, it's difficult for the brain to unlearn them. It can take an average of 30 to 60 days to dot, dot, dot. I don't know where it goes from there. Cool. So I was right. We're both right, I think. It says it takes, this one says, this is Reader's Digest, studies on habit breaking or formation often use a time period of around two to three months. Hmm. I don't think it makes a difference making or breaking. Interesting. So who knows? I'm going to find an article that proves I'm right because this is 2023. But sure. <laughs> Confirmation found, bias. Just so you know, I found an important. article that said we are both right. That is what I just said. Yeah, but that's not good enough. I want you to be 100% right. I get that. Try, you tried the beer again already? Yeah, it tastes the same. I'm Still very that. bitter. Uh, I like it. I don't love it. It's not blowing my socks off. But again, I think this is a perfect eight ounce pour. I think it is an intriguing take on the style. And I really do enjoy. The aggressive stance that they took here. I th- I respect it. Yeah. I respect the move. I respect kind of putting the IPA back in the New England IPA. So for that, okay. it's a 7-7. Seven, 7.7. Seven. Seven seven. For me, it's a 6. It's fine. It's good. It's above average. I don't necessarily need it again in my life. Uh, really appreciate the can art. Those dogs look sweet. Love to know who's who. But that's pretty much all I have on uh, on this beer. Do you have anything else on Perpetual Embrace? No, but again, I will say both of the beers this week were purchased at SNS Produce, mm-hmm. and they were fairly fresh on the shelves, as in that there were full shelf of them. Cool. So if you listen to this and you are interested in trying the beers that we just did, swing down to SNS, grab them, and try them for yourself. Yeah, get down there and, and let whoever's uh, at the register let them know that you listen to the show and that you want a discount on these beers. They, they, I don't know if they'll give you one, but you could try. It's could worth a try. Once this, again, this, this was not an ad for SNS. Any any discounts have not been approved by SNS Produce of Chico Incorporated LLC Incorporated.com. You've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Again, if you have feedback on anything we've discussed today or you get kicked out of SNS for uh, unjustifiably using discounts, you can call to complain or text us at 530 433 Again, write this down. 530-433-0839, or feel free to just send us a good old-fashioned email to fhccast at gmail.com. What do we got cooking next week, Max? Oh, yeah, that's right, nothing, because you're on vacation. I'll still be gone. Depending on how we release this, I will likely still be out of the country. 
So just, you know, go find an old episode. Listen again. Sipping wine on an Italian villa. Although this doesn't apply to our radio listeners because they'll be hearing this again probably. Um, so, you know. I want everyone to think that you just live in Italy now. Yes. Italian words. Bongiorno. I was hoping. Yeah, sure. Bongiorno. <laughs> yeah. As a reminder to our radio listeners, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes the always unpredictable hot and bothered segment, sometimes we don't even know what we're going to say. Or if you want to go digging through seven plus years worth of episodes dating back to 2016, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. As we sort of hinted at, we will be back on the radio waves of KZFR next and every Saturday at four. Uh, you'll likely be hearing this episode again or perhaps an older episode. It's hard to say. I'm not sure what we're going to crank out. But until then, consume some films and beers that, I don't know, broaden your horizons, make you make you a better person. Make you a better family member, a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, a wife, a husband. Whoa. Make yourself a better human by the things you put into your brain and body is all I'm saying. <laughs> and when you find those, recommend them to us. And on that note, if you enjoyed the show and you want to keep making yourself a better person, you can leave a tip at kzfr.org. You can also, please, if you have two seconds, just click a few buttons. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We really like doing this show, and it really helps us get our show in front of people that uh, are outside of Chico haven't heard of us. Um, it's it's the best way to make that happen is just just leaving a five star and then a couple words like, hey, heard these idiots on KZFR. Really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Or they were fine, but they're doing what they love. Yeah, because we're, we're trying to be Pitbull. Right. And most importantly, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your weekend. And to those of you, I don't know, uh, you know, cleaning your house, listening, or, or perhaps driving to work, or those of you listening in podcast form, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Hot and Bothered. Welcome to Hot and Bothered, baby. It's a portion of the show where we, uh, we're we free to talk about whatever we want. Sometimes that's movie-related, sometimes beer, sometimes it's not. I don't know what you got this week, but um, I would like you to go first, whatever it is, because I, you know, the age before beauty, that sort of thing. Go ahead, Johnny. Yeah, man. I left the house twice this weekend. Okay. It was a wild and crazy time for me. I usually don't leave the house more than never. So sure. Sometimes I leave the house once. On, on the weekend? Yeah. Yeah, if, if the world could be so lucky. Yeah. Left the house twice. Went to a show at the Goose, but it was prefaced. I was going to say, I feel like you're leaving out a couple details here. <laughs> By popping into Park Avenue Pub, slamming a couple cold ones and listening to your boy Max Minardi play some music. Yeah, dude. That was pretty dope. Yeah. That was fun. They had the heaters cranking. It was a crisp. It was good. Crisp fall yeah, it was evening. Nice. It's cold out. Lovely night for a show. So it was rad to see you for a little bit. And then popped over to uh, the Winchester Goose, checked out a metal show that was like a Halloween theme. Everybody dressed up. It was fun. Uh, and then went to a Halloween party Saturday. That was weird. Don't really go to Halloween. Do grownups have those? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Everyone kind of got like medium dressed up. What did you wear? Nothing. I mean. Hey. <laughs> no, I wore an Halloween yeah, party. Man. Jeans, That's a party. Jeans and a hoodie. I didn't, I didn't dress up. You didn't participate. Dressed as myself. Okay. Yeah, but it was fun. It was a different take. It was a big, um, it was more of a smoking than drinking event. When you say smoking, marijuana. Oh, for some reason I thought like meats. Oh, no. I wish. I smoked meats and took them. That'd be a good, like that'd be a, that's a party I'd go to. A smoked meat party? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Continue. I, I, I would rather that than a, than a marijuana party. For sure. I don't partake. But I was like way out of place. I was like. The only one trying to like catch a buzz. Like, yeah, I feel like people don't over like the Venn diagram of like people that are really into weed and really into drinking. Not much of a crossover. No, there was a few people there that you would recognize, but sure. Uh, the usual suspects, but no, it was uh, definitely not my traditional, what I think of Halloween party. Some actual very good conversations. There wasn't a lot of drunken 
small talk or belligerence or talk people talking over each other. I love it was, that. It was like serene and mm-hmm. peaceful, mm-hmm. and it was like people sitting around a campfire, maybe sipping a small glass of wine, just conversing and talking yeah. about the stars. I'm like, this is kind of cool. I dug it. Weed's better than alcohol, I think. Like, I like think, I don't do weed either, but yeah, like it's better. People are better on that than they are on booze. Much more agreeable. Like just no, like no stories of like murder or domestic battery. Right. There's nothing that starts like I smoked a joint, and then just and then like had you know, some road rage. Like it doesn't happen. No, it's the better. It's the superior. I agree. Substance. I think. Yeah. Yet yeah. here we are. We don't have a we don't have a weed and movie podcast, do we? No. Man, that would be boring if we did, though. Imagine <laughs> just, just getting high just, and trying to talk just about recapping movies. a movie. <laughs> There's a couple podcasts that do that, uh, where the host like purposely gets like really, really high and talks about stuff. Sure. But Doug Benson has a, co- a podcast like that. He's a that stand-up is. comedian, but his tolerance is through the roof. It'd be like us having six beers and talking. Like it's still oh. going to be fairly cogent. Yeah, I'll be all right on six. That'd be a lot for me though these days. Yeah, but if you were like, I'm saying tolerance wise, if yeah. you were, if your tolerance was up, it wouldn't yes. be that big of a deal. Sure. At which point, that like, kind of defeats the purpose. Like, I love drunk history because they get them like, and for those people, like, too, like, they're not alcoholics. So, like, they'll have like three beers, three glasses of wine or something. Yeah. Like, they're like slurring. And that's the fun is like watching those otherwise very well put together people, uh, you know, get a little sloppy. It's yeah. less fun when like every week those people are just like sloppy. It's like, oh, this again. Yeah. You know what's not fun is watching that show and realizing how little alcohol it takes to get a normal person that wasted. It's, yep. So, that's yep. fun. Yep. Anyways, that was a cool Halloween party. So shout out to you, to I don't know if they want to be named. It was a marijuana theme. Make up a name. Um, <laughs> don't think of the real one. Don't no. even use the letter. No. Anyways, <laughs> it was a great Halloween party. I had a blast. I kind of didn't fit in, but kind of fit in. So it was mm-hmm. cool. It cool. was fun. Uh, last thing, it is entertainment related. Oh, did you? F- please. I started it finally. What episode you on? Through four. Oh, nice. It's what show are you talking about? Jury Duty. Cool. On Amazon Prime. Uh, this has been recommended to me by multiple people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I have just been kind of putting it off. We were working our way through another TV series, uh, but finally started it. It is. I'll just briefly surmise what it's about. I've talked about it too on the show, haven't I? I think like, I'm pretty sure I recommend it because I watched like the, coincidentally the weekend it came out. Like, oh, I really? Saw it. Yeah, I think you might have like right have. after you watched it. Yeah, okay. That doesn't ring bells though. Usually, I pay attention when you recommend things. I don't think that's totally true. TV shows all day. Give me the recommend or give me the recommendation. Give me what's it about? So basically, it is a staged show. There's one real civilian person that's not an actor mm-hmm. who's going to jury duty in Los Angeles, and they end up getting sequestered. And it's this whole saga of weird and hilarious events. The kicker is every single person on the show, besides this one guy, is an actor. So it's a giant yep. practical joke on this guy, and it's. Essentially, just a bunch of like cringy, hilarious, situational comedy, and it is solid gold. There's one guy that makes a chair out of crutches. Dude, I just he is so funny. I just saw somebody. Oh God, if I'd known you were watching this, I would have texted you. I was watching a show, and if I spend any time thinking about it, I'll remember what it was. But somebody busted out those chair pants. Really? And it wasn't those. Like, oh, what was it? Hmm. Like something similar. It was the same idea, which wasn't from Jury Duty. Like, I think yeah. Jury Duty borrowed this idea from the show as like a crazy idea. Right. But I'd never heard of it before Jury Duty. And now I've seen it like months later. I was like, you, what are the odds of this? You know, they're actually a thing. They like have worked on prototype for like, um, I want to say either, I want to say Japanese factory workers where they can like just take a quick seat. Oh. And like, there's actually an infrastructure in the pants that sure. like, you gets, can like click yeah. in. 
So it's kind of a pre-existing notion, but he just put it together super clumsily. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. You know, knee pads. Him and, getting on the bus is like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, the problem is they're straight and my body curves. Yeah. It's just so good. So I super recommend that show. I like it's one of those shows I can't wait to get some free time to to watch. It's yeah, it's almost like a cross between the office and um I don't know, like Nathan for you. Almost, yeah. But I will correct one thing you said, which is that it's a practical joke on this guy. Um what's his name? Noah Ron. Ronald. Ronald. Um it's not that. It feels like it. It does, but I will tell you, if you're averse to that kind of thing, if you're averse to like making fun of people without them knowing, right? It's like, not like I impractical am. jokers. No, um, and it resolves in a way. It's like this really huge thing because it is scripted, kind of like it's scripted contingent upon how he reacts to the situations. So they have all these little contingencies, like okay, like if Ron, you know, thinks that James Marsden is it going to be a distraction in court because they got to keep James Marsden. How yeah. can we keep him? But then, so like, it's a live action, like improv, but scripted reality show. Yeah, where everybody but 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 Ronald knows that it is a show. It's it, pretty great. It's kind of genius, and I think it's probably like nine episodes or something like that altogether. That right. It's um, it's well worth seeing it through. I think you'd feel very incomplete if you didn't. No, I'm super stoked to finish um, it. So I'm stoked for you to see it. It's very it's very good. Other than that. I've got a bunch of TV series that I'm going to catch up on while you're on vacation. Cool. So great. stuff for that. Let me tell you about my bar idea. Do it. Here it is. I love the simplicity of In-N-Out, mm-hmm. which we've hinted at today but when you said double-double animal style. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also said that for our first beer, um, if this were, you know, like if there were two light beer options, you'd go for that one. I want to have a bar. I want to own a bar. Very low overhead in this business plan, by the way, where – there's not really food. We have like nuts, like bar nuts, but like not like big, like shared bowls. Like you can come up and get some nuts or like pretzels or something. And the only thing we have to drink alcohol wise are two beers and like, I guess I'll have whiskey and then water. You can have water as well. I haven't thought this through hundred percent. I don't like this already, but you come in and cause you, and this is why this applies to the show is that I thought of this after watching so many movies where a character walks into a bar and goes, give me a beer. And they just slide them a beer. Yeah. You say that in any bar today. They're like, we have 58 taps. What beer do you want? Yeah. What style are you looking for? And I love that. We do this show. I love options like that. I love craft beer. But I want to go to a bar where they're going to be like, give me a beer. And I'm just going to go light or dark. And I've got one of each. And not like not like Coors Light. Like I'm going to have a craft beer. Like a Pilsen. Like the first beer. Yes. Good example. Up to like an IPA. Okay. Anything in the light range. And then the dark is going to be like a porter or a rouch beer or a stout or an imperial stout. But you don't know what it is. And, like, I'll tell you, like, maybe it'll be posted on the door or something, but I'm just going to rotate pony kegs out, light beers and dark beers. It'll be different every week. You just come in. With pony kegs, it'll be different every day. Totally. And, like, I'm just going to sell $5 beers. That's it. Just come in. Here's your $5 beer. You can order light or dark. That's it. You can get your own water. There's nuts. That's it. There's one employee. I love it. I need a building, and I need a way to keep the kegs cool. I can get a, a jockey box. Yeah, a kegerator. A kegerator. That's it. The simplicity of that really makes me happy. And it'll be a place for conversation and just like a good place to come and drink a good beer and hang out with good people. That's the whole business idea. And I don't think there's one of those around. That's great. Thank you. I like that. That's why in and outs so great. It's the I know. It's the, it's the simplicity. Take away the options. And the only difference will be every now and again, there will be a secret menu where there's a black and tan, but it's just you combine the two beers. Mm-hmm. And it does. you know what? You can do it any day. Who cares? There you go. Fun. Try it out. That's my bar idea. I would go to that bar. Thank you. The other, Me and you can start the bar. I'm Fresh in. hops in a bar. I love it. Come on. That's all I have for Hot and Bothered. All right, man. That's fine. That'd be great. Do you have anything else that we haven't talked about that you really want to touch on? No. 
like I said, going to watch a bunch of TV shows while you're gone, starting Gen V, starting uh, season two of um, Wheel of Time. Nice. So there's there's some things I want to check off before we get back into movies full time. Sweet. I think you should watch um, a movie or two that we've talked about while I'm gone as well. I'm not sure which ones, but something off the list. Maybe. That we could cover when I get back. See what we can do. Could be good. You should watch some movie in Italian. I need sure. I was gonna say I should watch um because I got I've got like a bunch of plane hours to log here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll watch like Sling Blade or something. Yeah, or Shawshank. Or sh- I've seen. I didn't. I've we've talked about it. I've seen it. You finally saw it. Yeah, I saw it months ago. We talked about it. That's right. You were underwhelmed. No, I wasn't. It was really good. Okay. Yeah. I don't think we talked about that. I'm sure we did. It doesn't ring a bell. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Neither did Jury Duty. So here we are. Um, as usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Everybody on Patreon, the handlebars got a sweet happy hour. Go check it out if you are so inclined. And my name's Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. Enjoy your time away from us. We'll enjoy it away from you. Jesus. That's <laughs> no, a bit aggressive. We'll miss you. Uh, look forward to getting back when Max is back from vacation. Otherwise, drink some tasty beers, watch some movies or TV shows or whatever makes you happy. And most importantly, be good to each other. We will see you eventually. Bye. This is Fresh Hot Cinema.